Welcome to Theology for the People. This is Pastor Nick Cady, and I have a special episode for you today. It's one that I recorded in Budapest, Hungary. I just returned home from Budapest on Tuesday night. I was there for just over a week. I went there with Pastor Michael, our worship pastor here at Whitefields, as well as a friend of ours named Phil Metzger, who also served for many years as a missionary in Hungary with Calvary Chapel. We went over there right after the war started. The timing of it was really interesting because Pastor Michael and I were scheduled to fly on Sunday night after church, February 27th, to Kiev. I was scheduled to speak at the Ukrainian Evangelical Theological Seminary. Then I was going to go work with some friends in Kharkiv. And then I was going to come to Kiev for the leadership conference that I have been part of for the last six or seven years there in Kiev. And that trip was canceled because Lufthansa canceled our tickets. But then when Russia began this attack on Ukraine, we saw that there was going to be a, a humanitarian crisis that was forming and it has gotten much worse since then. But we thought, you know, maybe this is a time for us to head over. Many of our missionaries that we support over there had become refugees in Hungary. We wanted to be with them. And we thought, you know, the fact that we speak Hungarian kind of gives us a unique skill set that we're able to use over there. And also we wanted to go over on behalf of our church and just hug our missionaries and be with them, listen to them during this time, help them. And so we did that. We left for Ukraine on February 28th and we flew and we arrived on March 1st. And then we spent that time both in Hungary and in Ukraine doing some things to help the Calvary Chapel Church Network there and some of the really good work that they're doing helping people. So what you are about to hear is a recording that I made with Pastor George Markey of Kiev, Ukraine. And we made this for K-Wave Radio, which is a Christian radio station in Southern California. We made this sitting at a kitchen table in Pastor Michael's old apartment in Budapest, Hungary. Late at night, the night before I flew back to the U.S., we did it for K-Wave, but I thought, you know what? This is something which I would really like more people to be able to hear because George tells some really important stories. And we also give some information about how you can give and how you can be part of the work of God through the people of God in Ukraine and in the surrounding countries. So I hope you'll enjoy this and stay tuned for the end. I'll just have a closing word for you then. This is Nick Cady with K-Wave Radio, and we have a special report for you today coming from Budapest, Hungary. And I'm here today with Pastor George Markey, who is a pastor in Kiev, Ukraine. Hey, George. Hey, Nick. What I'd like to talk about today is what's going on in Ukraine. George, it's good to have you here. I wish it was under better circumstances. And George, maybe you could just tell our listeners who you are and why the situation in Ukraine is so personal for you. Yeah, I'm a, a pastor in uh, Kiev, Ukraine, and I've uh, lived in Ukraine for 30 years. I moved here at the beginning of Ukraine's independence. So I've kind of followed the history of this young nation. I mean, young in the sense that it's just recently it's gotten its independence. So, of course, for 30 years, you have many friends that have churches all over the country, connections with people. And so for me, it's yeah, very personal. Probably people know a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine, but tell them why are we here in Budapest right now and, and what is going on in Ukraine in your eyes? Yeah, what's going on? Well, of course, everybody knows about the invasion. Well, Ukraine's fighting for its existence and 
we left, you know, we have six kids. Um, I, I didn't want to leave, really not believing that this would ever happen. You know, I thought there would be, of course, there's been a war for eight years, so this, the war is not anything new, but we thought it would stay in the East, but yeah, Putin had other ideas and now we had to flee yeah, for our lives, for, for the lives of our kids. So, and, and as foreigners too, it's a little, you know, more dangerous in that sense. So we're here in Budapest. Tell, talk, let's talk about why we're here right now and what we've been doing yeah, well, last week. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we left, but our hearts are there. We, and you know, still many people there just so proud of Ukraine. I mean, they're, they're the people, um, and the army, especially just brave and courageous. And so we're here, several reasons we want to support Ukrainians. So we're working with different organizations, different private individuals to get as much aid as we can in. We're working on ev evacuations for, from, and also, you know, as Ukraine, Ukrainians come over, there's now I think 1.7 million that have left Ukraine. We want to be help along with the other Hungarians, Europeans uh, to welcome them and to take care of them, mm -hmm. help them get adjusted and process along, you know, it's going to be a long game, but. Absolutely. Well, let's just talk a little bit about the history of you and, and the churches in Ukraine and the work that God's done over the past 30 years. I know that you moved to Ukraine, like you said, at the beginning of its independence after the Soviet Union. Uh, you were how old at that time? I was 16. You're 16. You left Indiana. Yeah. And you moved with your, your parents and your siblings to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was culture shock. Huh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you went there, your dad pastored and planted a church in the capital city, Kiev. Yeah. And how many Calvary chapels are there now in, in the country? Yeah. All before the war, yeah. About 16, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe 17 Calvary's. Yeah. Yeah. And George, I mean, I know this, but I, I want our listeners to hear this too, that you're the leader for the, mm -hmm. the country as far as the Calvary chapel churches go. And yeah. You know, I was here in part because this week we were supposed to have a conference. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be this past weekend, we had a leadership conference with almost 70 people signed up for Calvary Chapel leaders from all over the country coming up to Kiev. We had the place rented. People had paid to come. Yeah. I even had train tickets to come and airline tickets. I had uh, even paid for my COVID insurance. It's still in my Apple wallet. <laughs> and, and then the world changed very fast. Yes. Maybe give us your perspective on what's going on in the sense of like, how can people be praying and, and why is this so important? Right. Of course, we want to pray for peace because you know, there's much suffering right now and loss of life and yeah, difficult. I mean, I'm still, of course, pr processing it. And there's, there's people coming out that have just seen horrific things. You know, just for example, a good friend just went over the border. The girl and she was, uh, well, she was, a, she was in a really tough place. They were, the European, I think it was. And, you know, the... Ukrainian army had actually retreated because the Russians were shelling the, the city and they didn't want to endanger the city and there were still people there. So they had to uh, step back, you know, away from the city, but the Russians then cut off all supplies, cut off the water, electricity. And so my friend saw one mom and her daughter, a young child holding, she was holding her and she went to the store to get water. She just ran out there because you know, there are other things. She came out and she got shot, oh, them no. killed in. Oh my gosh. And you know, she, she sees this thing. <laughs> so, wow. so, I mean, there's just, there's people coming out that's traumatized by the whole thing and just, and all, oh, of course the whole nation is we hope and pray that this will end, but it keeps escalating. The Ukrainians are just brave and <laughs> holding back the, these, and nobody thought they would last, they would last this long. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we pray for peace. We pray for the end of this for, and it's, it's, it is hard. I mean, you, you, you know, that 
there's NATO nations around that have the capability of stopping it. And, you know, kind of, you know, it's kind of, I know there's all this geopolitics involved and there's the nuclear thing and everything, but still you like think, and they could just step in and stop it mm -hmm. and we don't have to suffer anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and cause it's just like, you know, it's like some bully beating up this guy and they're just pretending watching, you know? So I guess, yeah, just pray for the end of that. Pray for, let's see, hmm. there's still be, many people uh, that want to get out. that can't, and we have some friends that are in a basement. Um, and we're trying to figure out how to get him out. <laughs> but they're surrounded by Russians. Another city too, same similar situation. Yeah, but there's also a lot of great stories where in uh, we have one guy in our cavalry. He's in Karlik, and man, he's just brave. He's been going in and just. I think I remember the story. We we have an Ethiopian family that we befriended in Kiev and working with the UN, but they got stranded and they were in our apartment. And I I, I got out because my, my wife was already in the West. But there he was waiting on the UN to do something, but he never did. So he had to, so I called up my friend and said, yeah, I'll get him. <laughs> and this guy, Aaron, he said, he looked at the map in the morning when he was supposed to come and it was all blocked. He said, no, don't come. It's dangerous. Yeah, I'm coming. So, so he just went through, got him back to safety and just amazing. I mean, it, he, got, he got his car shut up once and he had to stop for a bit. <laughs> they, got, they got out of the new car. Wow. <laughs> Your car gets shot up and yeah, it's exactly. replaced. <laughs> Well, I don't think they didn't get hurt. I mean, continue saving people. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Pe yeah. Just these amazing, you know, just, yeah. So some of our Calvary Chapel pastors, uh, some of the churches are led by missionaries. Some of the churches are led by Ukrainians. Right. And so what, what have they done? Have they fled? Have they yeah. stayed? Yeah, it's different. I mean, some stayed and yeah, it's, it's, it's always a difficult decision. And, and if you have a wife and kids involved, it's, it complicates it. You want them to be safe. I don't know. It just comes down to seeking the Lord and, and figuring out, am I going to be useful here? I wanted, I mean, I wanted to stay as long as possible, but you know, I also realized that I can't take care of it. I need to be alive for. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just a personal decision, I think. And some places seem to be more dangerous than others. Yeah. Did you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we have a missionary, Nate Medlong in Harkiv and his family, you know, they, they tried to save the end because they had his wife's teachers at a school. And so she felt really responsible for those under her because they had no, you know, they didn't have me to get out at that time. And, but they didn't, when, once the invasion came, they didn't take their kids out and, and themselves out. They were in a very bad place. And I, and they had to, I think it was 70 hours, right? That yeah. So to, to, to get to um, Hungary, you know, just to really, it just. We, I met it with it. That was part of my trip. I met it with them closer to um, the border and we went over together and just, uh, I mean, this is like literally days of okay. driving in your car to get yeah. away from a war, right? Leaving behind all of your children's stuff, leaving yeah. behind friends yeah. Yeah. who didn't have the means to get out. I mean, yeah, there's uh, I remember when many of our missionaries were getting out and we were in contact mm -hmm. with you. I mean, it was, it was just this thing where we couldn't sleep. We were praying for you yeah. all the time. Yeah. How do we, on this side, feeling so scared and helpless and knowing that you guys were over there being, of course, stressed in, in yeah. a much more you know, yeah. direct way, of course. I'm so glad that as far as we know, I mean, all of our church leaders are yeah. safe at the moment. Yeah. There's one we need, we need to get out, but we're, he's in the red zone at the moment. And uh, I think he's the only one though, if I, yeah. as far as I know. So. And some, tell us some of the stories of those who stayed behind to help were in safer locations. Right. Let's see. Well, there's some on the West, of course, there's Joel Brown and, um, Mike Pratt and Aviv, I'm missing buddy, but Archinople where you know, we planted a church and Johnny was pastoring in there. Just, uh, 
a hub too for refugees and you know so it's just a way um yeah, and sharing Christ's love and um, I just hear from so many people how they've been blessed by it. my yeah I can share one personal story there's you know we, we were planning a, we were planning a church I still to go back but in downtown Kiev and we we just enjoying it we were building relationships with these uh just people around us, secular people mostly but um, what it was one story in particular I think of Akasana she said became so dear to us she came and but you know still and, and with a belief in the Lord and in God but also, you know, some Eastern ideas and not really a follower of Jesus yet. Right. And so we were still praying for, her. and then when this happened, I just had this thought, you know, maybe God is going to use this to push some of those, you know, past that barrier that we seem to be coming up against it with many people. And so we, I don't know how, I think she wrote us or something at one point and we were back and said, how are you doing? And I got Yuri, this guy, that brave guy, he came went in and got her and she ended up coming to Hungary just and met her and just of course cried. But we talked about the about God she did and just how she said God led her the whole way. I mean, she gave up just story after story of uh, immediately just how God led her. And we prayed and she prayed, uh, just a mm. heartfelt prayer. She's staying with a good friend of ours now with Kara and Kara was just, you know, they're praying. She just prayed these biblical prayers, these prayers of faith. And we, I think we realized, I think she's a believer now. Wow. Oh, Jesus be, you know, she spent a lot of time with us. She knew she heard the gospel. She it often talked about the Bible of our lives. And I think it just, in this moment, it really clicked. She really became hers. And, you know, so through this, these tragedies, right, where we're seeing people come to Christ. One more, more story, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Okay. And again, I'm sure there's going to be many more. And, but one girl wrote me, one lady, she was, she had been part of the Calvary Chapel Kiev and, you know, we'd been friends, my, my wife and her, and she left at one point. She, no, long story, but she ended up leaving the church and, but she writes me on blue this past Sunday. She's I'm in Leipzig, Germany. You know, I get out, and I know I haven't been to church for a while, and but I want to get back. I want to. I need a good church here. I want to get part of that. Be part of that. I want to return to the Lord. So if then I don't know how long. I I, I get on. Uh, I talk to Caleb. He's one of the guys that came out who lived a long time in Hungary and has connections and stuff. So he right up right front right away got on the cell phone, and we the. Got, through a series of connections, the pastor's wife calls me from Leipzig, says, Hey, I, I, we want to help. We're, we're ready. We want to help Ukrainian refugees. And so they, they connect, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be more of that story. But so, I mean, through these things, God is bringing people back to himself. And to me, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's amazing to see the European churches, you know, Calvary's others ready right now to embrace their Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And, I, and it's just a great opportunity. If you want, I mean, I don't want to downplay the tragedy of it all, but great opportunity to show the love of Christ um, to these people that are just uprooted from their homes. And yeah, like oftentimes left with just a shirt on the back, you know, fleeing. And now what do you do? You start from scratch. You, don't, you have no connections. So they need that family to come around them. And who best to do that than family of God? Yeah. It reminds me, of course, what Paul the apostle said. He said in <clears throat> Philippians 1, 12, he said, I want you to know that what has happened to me has served the furtherance of the gospel. Now he's not saying that to downplay what happened to him. Yeah. He suffered terribly. He suffered injustice and all, persecution, all these things. And yet he's saying these things are genuinely bad. Yes. And yet in God's grace, he uses these things for the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah. And 
man, I just think what a time, this is a time when people need the hope of the gospel, when really it comes down to life and death. And we have the message of eternal life. The words of eternal life are with him. And, mm-hmm. and so these are the times we need to be sharing them. So let's talk a little bit about what we've been doing in Hungary. So like yeah. I said, we were scheduled to have a conference in yeah. Kiev, uh, myself, and our worship pastor, Michael Payne, we had the time blocked out. Yeah. And so when this happened, we were planning on coming. We had canceled our trip because, because flights were already starting to be canceled because of the threats from Russia. But because we had the time blocked out, we were able to come at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And yeah, we heard about the coming refugee crisis. Yeah. Many of our missionaries and pastors became refugees. Yeah. We initially just thought, we just want to be here to be with you. Yeah. But as soon as we got here, we realized that your hearts were very much with those who had remained behind in Ukraine. And how can we help them? I mean, the supply chain had been cut off, mm-hmm. which means there was a yeah. lack of goods in the stores, yeah. people going to the front lines to fight without even proper food and water. There was just so many needs and not to mention vulnerable people on the inside who needed to get out. So as soon as we came here, part of being with you as our pastors and leaders has been coming alongside and helping the efforts of those who are remaining in the country to serve people. We should have mentioned a Benjamin Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Ben's doing great things. He turned his church into a reception center for internally displaced people, as I know your church in Ternopil also has done so amazingly well. Basically everybody who remained you know, yeah, they, yeah. they've just been doing so much to help people and there's so many needs. Yeah. So what are some of the things that we've, let's say, seen done just over these past few days? Right. Yeah. It's been amazing. Just, uh, the connections that we've made. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could start with what, what right now is what's coming. We're working on, you're working on, I mean, I'm not sure what I guess I could say, you know, give a whole bunch of specifics, but we're allowed to open the door to send in buses. Yeah. And which was loaded with humanitarian aid and then coming out with people. Like I go to some spots like, well, Kiev, you know, there's other, other hotspots in the east, south. And, and, but, but, and we're working with people that, um, different people, you know, some are not Christians, some are Christians. But people who are working to get people out yeah. and need to get out. Like, yeah. I've heard of orphans, I've heard yes. of pregnant women, small children, and people who didn't have an opportunity to get out. Maybe they didn't cancer have cause, cancer patients who need medicine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've also talked to people who need insulin. I mean, right. it's like, there's so many urgent needs there is. and it has been amazing to see how God's brought people together. And even here in Budapest, people that we have been brought together. Mm-hmm. Another thing we did is we helped provide some vehicles and vans right. for the churches in Ukraine to be able to transport people yeah. and goods and medicines. Getting fuel in and it's been, because shortages on fuel, just getting that out. Mm-hmm. And so we're here in Hungary, but there are other people throughout our Calvary Chapel network. Right. I mean, I know of people, for example, in Poland, I mean, which is where they've got the most Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. And we have uh, Calvary Chapel folks who are serving there, people who speak Polish, people who speak Ukrainian right on the border. We've got a group in Slovakia yeah. on the border. We've, we've even got people in Romania as well. Yeah. And so... Well, George, let me just ask you this. If people are wondering, you've told us how to pray. What about how to help? So, mm-hmm. I mean, beyond praying, which we would say, please do pray. And yeah. we wouldn't say just pray because yeah, right. so we never just pray. That's a huge thing yeah. to ask the God of the universe to intervene. 
but how can people actually help practically? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course we, you can give, you know, there's, there's a great need for funds. And what, what do those funds go to? Let's say somebody okay. says, I, I, I want to give, but I mean, how, what will that be used for? Yeah. Well, at the mo moment we're using a lot for getting aid, you know, buying those vehicles to get stuff in or to transport people, fuel, what else we got, the food. Well, we've been also just supporting people on the ground. Like, and so we have like a network of not just Calvary people, but that, that's kind of a primary thing. But we have other people that we've, I've through my uh, chaplains channels, have found people that are just doing incredible work on the front lines. Um, you know, once one, one by the bottom of a car, which he was able to get because he's doing this for free. They gave they, they sold the car for cheap, like a hundred thousand bucks, but that way he can get out the supplies, you know? So just those little things, you know, knowing those trusted people that will do it. But it, just putting the money in their hands, you know, as best as we, as quickly as possible. And when that's needed, making, maintaining, updating, updates about that. What else? And the, the need here, you know, that the refugees coming over, the governments of course are doing a lot. So, but it's going to become an increasing need for funds to just tell people as they're trying to figure out their jobs, trying to, you know, figure out things, get apartments, whatever. So, and I know that this past Sunday we were here in Hungary mm -hmm. and I know that so many churches here in Hungary had Ukrainian refugees attending their services. Many of them had Ukrainian yeah. uh, translation services. And so now there's this amazing opportunity to reach these people who are displaced yeah. in all these different locations to serve them and also to preach the gospel. Yes. Yeah. And so as we think about that, I know also that people like Ben Morrison, people mm -hmm. like your yeah. brother, Aaron Markey, people who have stayed behind. I mean, to let's say if you're housing 50 people at your church, yeah. those people need to eat yeah. somehow. There's a big sure. cost. Everybody has left their home behind. Yeah. And so, I mean, everything from providing just basic needs, there's just, it's a massive amount of need. So how can people give? Yeah. Okay. So there's the Calvary Global Network. So that used just to type in calvaryglobalnetwork.com. And they have a Ukraine relief fund. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that goes directly to those needs. Calvary San Diego is also as a, a fund, Ukraine fund. So that's, that's calvarysd.com and also Whitefields Church. And they have a fund for, for that as well. Whitefieldschurch.com. And these, these three churches that are represented here. So Calvary Global Network based out of Costa Mesa in California, Calvary San Diego, and then Whitefields Church. These represent churches of people who have been missionaries yeah. and have personal relationships with not only you, but many other missionaries on the field. I think that's important because what it means is that we know the people who are trustworthy and who are doing good work and we're yeah. able to put that money in their hands and help them do actual ministry. And the other thing is that we're not taking anything off the top, right? I mean, there's no administrative costs. hundred percent of it's just going right to you guys. And what's good is you mentioned, it's like, well, I know you, but you know, a lot of other people right. yeah. who let's say like the average person in the United States could probably never know right. just because you're on the ground. So I think that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Relationship. That's the key. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, George, how do you pray when you pray every day for Ukraine? Yeah. For, for the war to stop, just that God would stop evil. You know, he has the power of the king in his hands and I don't know, I just go to the picture. Pharaoh, I don't know, it comes to mind, you know, where he was that he's the most powerful ruler in the world and he was just doing what he wanted, right? But God showed him, no, you can't, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's overall. And I, 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 I take a stand against oppression, you know, now I don't know, this doesn't guarantee that, you know, that Ukraine 
we'll ultimately win. I don't know. I certainly hope so. But uh, just knowing that God, so I can pray that way. I can pray that those prayers of David, you know, God's mm -hmm. standing up for us. And I think I'm understanding that more like those prayers of for justice. Mm -hmm. and, that, and people want that, right? We have that in our hearts because we want to see justice. And that will happen one day. And, and God renews that member and he's going to you know, bring his kingdom. But I pray towards that. And of course, I pray for people to be saved, you know, to come to Christ through this in Russians as well. Um, just that also the blindness we removed there. I mean, it's so much, just like, I mean, I, you know, I don't, yeah, kingdom of lies. I mean, just you see all that and just that that would fall, you know, that people would hear the truth, uh, not just of what's going on in Ukraine, but uh, there's this repression there for missionaries. Oh, I don't know if a lot of missionaries had to flee. What else? I just pray for the, my heart breaks for all those that have seen terrible things, you know, and pray for healing for their hearts, pray for Ukrainians as they're trying to get settled here, starting life. I just pray that, you know, God would lead them to become part of communities, that communities of churches would take them in, mm. count them. I was with some of our uh, missionaries and, and some Ukrainians the other day, and we were in Budapest. I was driving them around mm -hmm. and one of them heard a plane fly overhead and just immediately was kind of panicking. Yeah. And I was, I was heartbroken. Right. I mean, to think that that person is like, am I in danger? You know, even just that, that visceral response. Mm -hmm. Another one was they heard a ambulance Yeah, and it reminded them of the air raid sirens. Oh, and to think about children and yeah. you know, everyone being affected by this. Now, yeah. let me just say this as we wrap up. This situation, let's say if the war ends tomorrow, the need oh. has been created and it's not going to be fixed in the day. I yeah. mean, what happens when this ends? It's going to be rebuilding. There's going to be huge opportunities for doing God's work in yeah. this country, yeah, for sure. loving these people in practical ways. Yeah. So this is going to be an ongoing many years process. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, of course, I have my hope is that it ends, I can go back to Kiev and help rebuild. And then again, it's going to be a lot, you know, years and years of work, but also I look forward to really just being a representative of God's kingdom. Now, and maybe that won't happen. Maybe we'll make it back to Kiev. Maybe we'll be here, but even here, just living outside his kingdom, like showing what that is here, you know, and helping, working with others to do that same thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in today and uh, be praying for Pastor George Markey, be praying for not just our Calvary Chapel Church family, but so many Christians in Ukraine who are serving the Lord well, many who have had to flee for the work of God in this region, in the midst of this tumultuous time and in the midst of, in the face of aggression and evil. And so be praying for an end to this war. And we really appreciate you listening to this report and praying for those in Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Theology for the People. I hope that you were blessed and encouraged by this, also stirred up by what God is doing and what our, our friends and our Calvary Chapel family are doing over there in Hungary and in Ukraine. And I would encourage you, if you listen to this and it encouraged you or blessed you, or stirred you up inside, then share this with somebody else. We need to get the word out about what is happening in Ukraine and about how people can be involved and how they can pray. So please share this with other people. Next week, we will get back to our regularly scheduled episodes. We have an episode for St. Patrick's Day with Shane England, who is from Ireland. And Shane has been on the program before, but in this episode, he's going to be talking about the true story of St. Patrick of Ireland. And, you know, what's the difference between the truth 
about St. Patrick and the myths and how the truth is actually so much better than the myths. And so I hope that you will be blessed by that. I know I was blessed by recording it. The week after that, we'll have an episode with Pastor Michael Payne looking at the ascension and whether the ascension deserves more of our attention as Christians. And of course, the answer is yes, but we'll explain why that is. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and we will have more good content coming for you soon. God bless you.